so even though I frame the design process with my clients as a flow chart or as a linear flow of from one to the next to the next, and then I'm done, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I am very well aware that that is not how it works. Greetings and welcome to the Making Permaculture Stronger podcast, episode number eight. In this episode, I enjoy a fantastic follow-up conversation with my friend and senior colleague, Dave Jackie. This was recorded on Wednesday, February 14th of 2018, very recently. And I hope you enjoy. I'll check in again at the end. Okay, here I am again with Dave Jackie. It's so great to be picking up the conversation. Yeah, absolutely, man. Good to, good to, good to see and hear you. <laughs> uh, now, I know we, we had a few topics we want to pick up on but as I've been explaining to you I've, I feel like I've cracked open this really fascinating area this question mm -hmm. a conundrum and I'd love to run it past you and just hook straight into that <laughs> okay sounds good okay let's do it so I've been reviewing a bunch of different ways that permaculture design process has been diagrammed and talked about I mean sitting with that and one of the issues uh, along the way you know one of the issues I've, I've gone into a fair bit is this idea of defining permaculture design as, as a process of joining separate parts so i've kind of been there and right that and, and moved to a space where sure you, there might be some assembly happening but it's just within a larger process of, of ongoing transformation where things are being differentiated as well as assembled so that that's that's um that's not what i want to talk about today <laughs> i love um, the i love the tone of voice you're talking about that with <laughs> Yeah, tell, tell me more like just like it's done and dusted well, it's, like, it's like it's, it's, it's like old hat for you now yeah, like, yeah that's right yeah it's in the past it's, it's uh, whatever yeah yeah whatever it's all that stuff you know yeah yeah well I, i've just had an idea i'm just going to do this quickly so listen to this so i'm reading from page 30 of a pretty bloody impressive new book on permaculture probably the best looking permaculture book i've ever seen which is called richer suburbia it was launched by david Holman a few days ago and I was pretty blown away to find on page 30, it's under a title, Retrofitting Permaculture. Permaculture designer, teacher, and activist Dan Palmer has drawn on Alexander's writing to critique what doesn't work in permaculture design. It seems even permaculture needs a retrofit for the energy descent future. Then he goes on to say, the essence of that critique is that permaculture design has attempted to create functional whole systems by assembling elements like a Lego construction. Application of design solutions in sites and situations where they are inappropriate can follow even when the particular elements used are potentially appropriate. The assembly design process fails to create a complex system that works. In nature, complex systems that work evolve from simple ones that work. For example, an embryo is a whole system that differentiates to create the greater functional diversity and strength that becomes a newborn animal. And he goes on. But in terms of you saying, I talk about it as if it's done and dusted, well, you know? <laughs> It's been talked about in books and, and whatever. Yeah. I'm sure it's far from done and dusted, but anyway, conversation is out there, let's say. Yeah, yeah. It's um, awesome. Which is, which is great. And people are appreciating, yeah. which I'm very glad about. They're appreciating the fact that um, this yeah. is quite an annoying person pointing out <laughs> issues, but it's been embraced. <laughs> anyway, that's, that's fine. And now... My second inquiry on making permaculture stronger, I've been looking into this, uh, this idea that uh, you design first and implement second, you know, so you, you know, of course you observe, but the distinction I've been looking at is at some point in the design process, you cross yeah. incredible threshold where it's like, okay, you, you've made all your mistakes on paper, you've got your design now, ideally a detailed design, and only now do you implement it, where implementation is sort of secondary to the real guts of design, the magic of design. <laughs> and um, drawing on Christopher Alexander's observation and a very strongly argued point that, you know what, that approach cannot generate beauty. It cannot generate deep life and wholeness. So I've been exploring that. And, and it's through that, as well as some of the stuff you've said, that's led me to this other, what I feel like is a really juicy kind of conversation point and, and, and potentially uh, an opportunity for kind of redesigning the way we even think and go about diagramming and, and describing permaculture design process. Okay, so that, that good, shall I, I'll go, I'll go into that now? Sure, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, so what I noticed happens is that we make this assumption inside and outside permaculture that, okay, there's a process, right? It stretches through time. What's a process? Well, a process is a sequence of steps. And we, um, uh, this might even be happening unconsciously, but we, we just, you know, obviously, sure. you, you yeah. idiot. You know, a process is a sequence of steps. Okay, now, 
we might we might be in engineering or you know whatever a, 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 trying to design something in a supermarket or, or, or in permaculture design but we're trying to articulate and, and communicate and, and understand and share a process so the next step is okay what about a nice little diagram what kind of a diagram could we use to share our process it's obvious stupid a flow chart right because yeah. a process is a flow and that's what a flow chart is it, it's a very convenient part of our language that we've been using for a long time to share a process so okay great we'll put it into a flow chart and so now zooming into permaculture you look in the permaculture books and what do you see you see a whole bunch of flow charts i've been sitting with that and thinking i don't know i don't know about this whole flow chart idea because one thing i see is we put it into a flow chart and what's a flow chart there's box there's a box and you can draw it as a circle but it, whatever there's there's yeah. a there's a bounded area yeah and inside that bounded area is, is a task you know do this like whatever talk to the people Goals, articulation, site yeah. analysis. Yeah, right. then an arrow to the next box, site analysis. Then an arrow to the next box. Let's say design. concept design, arrow to yeah. the next box, yeah. to, and so on. Arrow to the next box, yep. implement, arrow to the next box. Yep. Yep. You know, yep. evaluate, whatever. I thought, I'm getting this uneasy feeling that we've already made a mistake as soon as mm -hmm. we've decided to go down the flowchart route. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I, I, and I thought about I thought, I reckon I know where flowcharts came from. They came from some, you know, from the factory floor mm -hmm. how do we make a, a, a factory floor production process more efficient and so i went jumped on google you know three seconds later looked up the etymology of the word and sure enough that's you know that's where it came, comes from it was about yeah they were called initially called i think process process flow chart so you know you can look it up right. on, on wikipedia was quite handy and and it was a you know it was about systematizing Assuming yeah. Wikipedia is correct, yes. Yeah, that's right. Do your own research. But, you know, you read it and there's not, there's not really any doubt, right? Oh, didn't the indigenous Tarahumara, didn't they invent the flowchart? <laughs> no, no, I think it was the Aboriginal Australians that actually oh, came okay, up with the okay. first one. Yeah, we'll give them the, we'll give them the, the, the credit yeah, exactly. for that. Exactly. You, you, you don't be seeing no flowcharts, you know, in these, in these beautiful <laughs> indigenous art pieces. So, yeah, it came from the factory. And then, of course, what's happened is it's been swept across from the factory floor to permanent culture and i thought we're barking up the wrong tree here we've already made a mistake that's very hard to recover from because of course every well every time someone carefully lays out a take of permaculture design process whether it's actually drawn up in a flowchart or it's just you know written about in a flowchart form mm -hmm. you know step one or if it's written about in a linear exactly as a linear process in writing it's still a exactly. flowchart. it's still a flowchart and a, the yep. essential structure is the same it's a linear process of separate steps execute yep. the step Boom, move to the, which is, you know, right. put this material into the machine. It's going to do something to it. Then it's going to go on the conveyor belt to the next machine. So you've basically got a sequence of machines and a sequence of conveyor belts, blah, 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 yes. boxes and arrows. Me mechanistic, yep. Yeah, and then, of course, what, what you see straight away, because there's anyone, you know, they, they start, it's, oh, wow, this is great. And, I, and we did this, you know, for, and we, I mean, we, we still have a flow chart in our PDC notes and everything, a permaculture yep. design course notes. Yeah. And, you're like, hang on, hang on a second. It's not quite like that because observation never really stops. You're constantly going back and, and, and you implement something, you learn something. So you have to go and ask the, you know, the clients some more. So suddenly you, you yeah. think, well, rather than saying, is there something wrong with the whole idea of a flowchart? You say, well, we'll just put some more arrows in. <laughs> you know, so you look at these things and <laughs> you've basically got a linear flowchart. And sometimes you realize, hang on a second, you know, you get to the end and then sometimes you kind of start a fresh round. So you think, oh, well, we'll just draw the flowchart in a circle. So it's not yeah. linear anymore. Yeah. It's still linear. You've just you've just put your linear flowchart into a circle. You know, it's a it circular stop line. It, yeah, yeah. It doesn't yeah. stop it being a linear a sequence. And then, well, that's, there's, there's, there's not just the that's not the only error. No, I mean, yeah, the that's other, right. The other ones that you've got you've got boxes around each of the pieces. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I want to I want to get there because I'm starting to. It's an well, exciting what, moment. What you were say, what you were saying to me yeah. earlier was that you know you were having this challenge with the idea of observe first then design is and that, that that's become almost a moral code mm -hmm. you know like yep. if you don't observe before you design then you're bad exactly that and i i had that and that's a mantra i was, I was you telling you you should be ashamed of yourself if you design before you've observed anything yeah i was um you totally, you totally should dan <laughs> that's what that's what i would tell myself i would i would self-castigate you know i would, yeah, I would kind of yeah. hit myself and and you know what you've I realized been, is that you've got, you've internalized it properly, Dan. That's what what I realized <laughs> was that self castigation. You've saved me the work. <laughs> well, check this out. The, 
because this is very fresh and exploratory, but what I realized was, I thought, okay, why does it feel almost like a moral code? Observe yeah. first, you know, stop. You're designing yeah. already. Stop. That's, yeah. that's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Where's yeah. it coming from? Where it's coming from is that the idea is that if you design prematurely or if you get into design prematurely, you're insulting the situation, you know, because if you don't have enough time to, to soak it up and observe and you start to design, you're insulting it. But why is that? That's because what we think of design invo involves imposing things, you know? So it's basically saying, look, as soon as you get to design, you're going to well, start imposing that. shit. That's, yeah. There's that. But, you know, I mean, yeah. So, so can you summarize everything you, just, you were just saying as a two or three sentence, one, or, one to three sentence uh, question? Yes. Okay. All right. And then, then it'll be great to hear from you. And I should just let you know that I have had some preliminary thoughts about alternative framings, which I'd love to get to, but I want to hear from you first <laughs> because you, you, you've informed them in particular, something you said yeah. on the last podcast we'll come back to that really. Yeah. Okay. Up. So, okay. So, so summarize your, okay. summarize okay. your, your dilemma or, okay. All right. or yeah. whatever, whatever, however you want to frame it, summarize what you do, everything you were just saying. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Here it is. <laughs> <laughs> nope. No pressure. So, my understanding, virtually all construals of permaculture design process use a flowchart uh, medium to convey their mm -hmm. message about mm -hmm. the basics of the process. That mm -hmm. medium, which comes from a factory uh, engineering mechanical setting, carries mechanistic assumptions about processes being linear sequences of steps separated in space and time. Mm -hmm. And my question is, have we made a mistake to the extent that we have to put all these disclaimers on saying, oh, you know, it's not really linear. There's all this feedback. Da, da, da. Do, do we, have we made a wrong turn? Yeah. No. Yes. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so, you, yeah, tell so, me what you so, make of all so, that. <clears throat> oh, man, where to begin? Mm. All right. So, first of all, let me say that I think of quote-unquote, the, which is already a mistake calling it the design process. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. I think of design process as an ecosystem, first of all. Mm -hmm. And that when I investigate the design process or design processes as an ecosystem or as ecosystems, that I can see within that ecosystem the properties, principles, patterns, and processes of ecosystems. That's mm -hmm. one reason I know it's an ecosystem. Okay. So that is my current most advanced framing. Let's put it that way. All right. Mm -hmm. if, if we're going to have a frame around it at all, <laughs> mm -hmm. if it's going to be in a box at all. <laughs> right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> hey, I'm not, um, I'm not again. Framing's fine. It's just, it's yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I mean, each of us has limited information about the universe. And mm -hmm. so let's just call that as our, our frame, you know, so we, in, 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 from that perspective, we could say the flowchart idea of design process is a mistake mm -hmm. because it doesn't take into account the full complex reality of design process as ecosystem. Mm -hmm. Okay. But from the perspective of someone who's trying to quote unquote teach, and I, I, I put quotes around the word teach in a very conscious way, when one is trying to teach other people, about design process, a flowchart is a radical shift in their perception. And observe, then design, and don't, don't design until you've observed is, at, is there as a rule, as a guideline, mm -hmm. as a moral code, because habitually in Western culture, from what I've seen, mm -hmm. people don't even freaking design. They just impose shit on the <laughs> landscape and on each other. Totally. Right? Totally, so yeah. observing before designing is step one. This is like early successional, <laughs> you know, like this is, this is, this is like getting your annuals in the ground before the perennials, you know, love this it, is like the, yeah. the earliest phase of learning design is mm -hmm. observe then design. Mm -hmm. Then the second stage of succession of learning design is, oh, there's a flow from first impressions, then articulate goals, then do site analysis and assessment, then do design phase. And that design phase has several stages, conceptual design, schematic design, detail design, patch design, you know, in the way I often frame it. And then after that, you implement and then you evaluate. And oh, so that's the next uh, successional phase. And then it's like, oh, then it's a circle. 
Oh, wow, it's a circle. And there's like, wait a minute, evaluation and goals articulation are happening all the time. Oh, wait a minute. You know, and then, and then, then it becomes that chart where you've got the circle with the arrows yeah. between yeah. every component going every which way, yeah, yeah. which is you know, a better model than observed than designed, but it's still not the full the full deal because the map is not the territory the map mm. is never the fucking territory mm. unless you're only dealing with the map then it's the territory you know sometimes the map is the territory <laughs> you know so behind all of that is this other thing that we were dipping into last time mm. about emotional and mental patterning mm -hmm. right so we have we have a population that is used to just knee-jerk you know, drop a, drop a Walmart here, you know, mm -hmm. and, or, or whatever the hell it is, you know, put it, you know, for a while, as we talked about, you know, it was like, if you don't have an herb spiral, it's not permaculture. I mean, mm -hmm. all right, that's a great beginning to understanding what permaculture is, but it's really just the barest of beginnings. Yes. You know? yeah. And it's, it's very unsophisticated. Mm -hmm. And when there's people who are brought up in a black, white, paradigm things are either good or bad right or wrong then observe then design is far better than just freaking knee-jerk drop shit on the landscape in an unthinking yeah. way right yeah yeah that that is a a massive shift and the emotional and mental patterning behind that shift it's hard to think ahead and observe before making design ideas just, just to let a place be and let it come to you, to your awareness, before you do shit to it, is hard. And you have to learn that before you can learn more complex stuff, you know? And so we, there's this whole aspect, you know, and this is why I don't like the word permaculture, which is why I'm not, I'm really avoiding the word permaculture as much as freaking possible. Mm -hmm. these days partly because as i think i said last time it is the mo one of those purest pieces of jargon out there you know it's even worse than the phrase dynamic accumulator which i used in my book all over the place mm -hmm. which if someone who doesn't know what i'm talking about here's the phrase dynamic accumulator, like what the hell is that well that's what people say with the word permaculture mm -hmm. my phrase is it's it's a mouthful but it's it's an accurate statement of what i do it's conscious ecological culture design and for me, I have a meaning of what culture means. It includes the mental and emotional patterning, the inner landscape. And, you know, we talked, I think, last time about axiology, epistemology, ontology. You know, mm -hmm. the, our sense of what we value and the, mm -hmm. the, a system of value and, and what we think is beautiful. That's axiology. Epistemology, what do we think are valid ways of knowing anything? Well, shit, at least you're observing before you're designing. <laughs> You know, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, there's some epistemology there. If mm. your ontology, your belief about the nature of the universe is that the world is my oyster and I can do whatever the hell I want to it, and you know, I don't. There's no consequences that I care about. Mm -hmm. If that's your your belief about the the world and how what your relationship to the world is, then the epistemology be damned. Your way of knowing be damned. But we're talking about changing the whole emotional, mental, physical physical in the brain and in the relation between the brain and the body, the physical structure of human beings. Mm -hmm. It is a physical structure and it takes, there's the thing we know about the physical structure is it takes energy to change it. It takes time and energy. You can't just like wave a magic wand. At least so far I haven't found anyone who can actually wave a magic wand and change things, you know, and even then it's energy. There's, even if that were true, there'd still be energy and things changing. But mm -hmm. so, you know, I think there's a, so we're designing culture and we have to meet people where they are and build the shifts from where they are. Mm, yeah. Yeah. You know, we can't just take them from zero to 60 in two seconds. Yeah, I, yeah. I rarely have I seen that work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's not to say it never would. But only in the right conditions with the right people would that work. I love this idea of dialogue, which is where you're not going into unconsciously or consciously defend your position and, and come out with your position having been validated by. Oh, sure, I am. That's um, what I'm doing all the time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, 
moving into the space of a dialogue where you're yeah. sharing your truths yes. and, and honoring each other's truths and being open to the exciting possibility that they're going to change and something new is going to happen. And that well, was, that that's, was what a, a, that's what a conversation is for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's about, it's about sharing reality, coming well, to a shared understanding of reality. Yeah. 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 Well, if it's not if it's not doing that, then it's not a conversation. It's an argument or something. Yeah. You know. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And I that <laughs> that was a beautiful example for me because you know I came in with this like you know I think I'm on the cusp. Of, and as you spoke, it was like a real penny dropping experience. Like yeah, that's so that's without that that ev- it's really an evolutionary dimension, a successional dimension. Without that, it's really hard to make sense of all this because as you say, a flowchart is incredibly valuable and useful and powerful in those early stages, as is the simple idea of, well, I mean, part of what's going on, I was realizing initially is just the idea of, hey, guess what? You're already a designer. You're designing stuff all the time. It yeah. takes a while for that to sink in, you know? It does. And, and guess what? If, you're, if your cultural tendency is just to drop shit randomly everywhere, if you just take a moment to observe a little bit before you start to drop, you know, that's an improvement. And, well, and, now, and now we're on a journey. Just being aware you're designing all the time is an improvement. Exactly, yeah. And, and realizing, and I'm, I'm excited to, I want to go down and sort of explore this idea of, of the succession. And of course, what I'm doing is I want to know where, where it's all heading in terms of, I mean, what you're talking about, seeing design as an ecosystem, I love that. I often, I'm really embodying this idea of, of seeing, I use, I'm using the word organism, you know, design process mm-hmm. is organism. An organism is, that word comes from, the process of organizing and organizing is a process of us, you know, assimilating and making things into organs and an organ is a functioning part of a greater whole. And that's what's obviously going on inside ecosystems. And yeah. Yeah. But I think, I think design is more of an, is a, is a more open system than an organism is. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, it can be, it can be, it doesn't have to be. See, that's the thing. It's like we design our design processes too. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, I I mean, I've got to the point where when I say organism, I mean yeah. something bigger and more vague in a way and, and something that can have well, but, more permeable boundaries than what we normally mean, which is a, you know, a skin-bound well, but kind see, of DNA. You're, talking, you're saying ecosystem basically is what is Exactly, the way yeah. I, so effectively what I realize is we're saying because, the same you thing. Because there's, yeah. a, there's, a there's a quote that I use, and I don't know if I can pull it out of my head, uh, from David Perry in Chapter 4 of my uh, Edible Forest Gardens book. And let me see. Um, well, you, while you're looking it up, I'll share, I'll share one that, another quote that came up for me, which was from the philosopher Ludwig Wittgenstein. And Wittgenstein. He, he said, really came up for me when I was thinking about this flowchart thing and the idea that the medium carries a lot of the message. He talked about how we, we think we're tracing something like this. We think we're tracing the outline of the thing, but we're tracing the outline of the frame through which we're looking at the thing, you know? <laughs> and so if, if, if yeah. our frame is a yes. flow chart, we think, you know, yes. no, we're, we're actually tracing the real frame of the process, but what we're doing is literally we're imposing, you know, it's, it's this grand irony of we're, we're imposing something well, on design process. Are we imposing or are we expressing our interpretation of reality? I don't know if that's an imposition necessarily. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Again, again, it's all you know, and and we talked about how design is an educative process, right? Yeah, yeah. Right, and who's being educated? If you're mm. self-aware and self-reflective, you're educating yourself about yourself by watching yourself design. Mm, yeah, yeah. It's look, it's this like that's what you said last time. The huge piece of the epistemology of of the source of knowledge and and evolution for me in design is watching myself design and learning about myself as I watch myself design. Yes. Yep. Totally. It's freaking amazing. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Because it reveals to me how I'm thinking. I listen to the way I talk. I listen to the way other people talk and yep. there's, there's so much information hidden yep. Yep. in plain sight or plain earshot mm. of, of the things we're saying and doing. It's, it's phenomenal. There's, vast quantities of information that most of us are just completely ignoring that's available every freaking second yeah yep 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 i love that yes hidden in in, in plain view i mean i I love this i I think a lot in terms of blind spots uh, you know yeah yeah um yeah the 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 stuff that's right there And, and and realizing over time too how incredibly difficult it is simply to clearly describe what it is that's in front of you because people people think, what do you mean? That's that's easy, you know. It's a, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a process, you know. There's step one, step two. Well, hang on a second. You, yeah, you've just right. something's yeah. going on there, yeah. you know. That, that, yeah. right. that, that's that's in a blind spot. We don't even realize it's happening. So, like you say, right. being able to, it's 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 about metacognition in a way, is it? Or meta process. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm in process yeah. and I'm observing myself being in process and I'm learning about that and that's that's being informed by what I'm 
being present to, but but it's also feeding back into the next. And I, I mean, I think I talked about this last time too about the educational process, mm. how I quote unquote yes. teach. Yeah, you know, yep. I'm design, My role is to design ecosystems from which people learn, and I'm mm. learning too in that process. I'm mm. learning how to design those ecosystems better. For yep. one thing, yep. I'm also yep. learning about myself as I interact with my students. Yeah, you know, my students. There's a frame. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's I, right. Well, <laughs> you know, I mean, and, and you can put that in a flowchart, right? There's the teacher, and then there's this arrow of information that goes to the next box called the student, right? And whatever again, it is. <laughs> that is, uh, you know, a, a successional phase or something. Yeah. Anyway, hey, I wanted so to. Here, I wanted here, to. Here's, here's, here, let me. Here's the oh, quote. The quote, the quote. Great. Okay. Yep. The very opening of chapter four of Edible Forest Gardens, of volume one of Edible Forest Gardens. Mm. Ecological communities are not as tightly linked as organisms, but neither are they simply collections of individuals. Mm. Right? Rather, the community is a unique form of biological system in which the individuality of the parts acts paradoxically to bind the system together. Mm. Mm. Right? So that first sentence, ecological communities are not as tightly linked as organisms, but neither are they simply collections of individuals, summarizes about 100 years of argumentation in the science of ecology. Yep. You know, John Weaver and some of the other uh, initial ecologists thought that you had a plant community and one species was like the heart and another was like the lungs. And you know, if mm-hmm. you miss one of them, then you don't have a functioning organism. And, and they're, they're tightly linked like that. And Gleason was like... No, no, no. It's just overlapping ranges, plant associations, just you know, species that happen to be in the same place that, that tolerate the same conditions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And neither one of those is true. They both have elements of truth to them. And this is, again, one of those evolutionary, you know, it's a, di- you know, it's a dialogue or, or um, I'm blanking on the word that Marx used. <laughs> dialectic? Dialectic. Yep. It's a dialectic, mm-hmm. right? There's elements of truth in both sides. And really the truth is, something that's uh, that's some more fascinating more sophisticated combination of the two mm-hmm. so yeah observe then design yeah but you know don't shame yourself if a design idea starts popping up write it freaking down mm-hmm. sketch it out yeah. then go back to observing you know there's, there's there's multiple entry points to design process and they're all valid you just don't want to like take any one of them as gospel. Yeah. One thing I wanted to do is I wanted to share. This is this is great. This, this is this is live, real, raw. You know, it feels. <laughs> you know, we we're moving yeah. fast. Yeah. We're coming some territory yeah. here, far out. But I wanted one thing I definitely wanted to get to or be part of the mix was because we're talking about this idea of observing oneself in the process of designing and mm-hmm. then you know, communicating it, and so I wanted to share something that is starting to feel really. F- fundamental in terms of what I'm observing in the process I'm part of and then I know you're tuned into as well where you talk about design as an essentially educative process and that beautiful unveiling yeah, sure. or revealing yeah you know as the landscape and the client or you know the different aspects of whatever it is you're working in it doesn't have to be a yeah. landscape doesn't have to be involved reveal themselves and and I just wanted to share some of the places I've been exploring I feel like it's still a vague landscape for me but I'm starting to find a few landmarks Mm-hmm. and have you speak to that so yeah one thing i've realized if i'm really trying to honestly come into a, a closer a closer connection with what's going on as a design is that that line between observe and design dissolves for me and what happens is that <laughs> the, the, the moment the project begins hopefully that's a laugh of like yep there's <laughs> Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, no yeah. this guy is crack. You yeah, know, no, no, okay. no, you're completely insane. But that's okay. what the, that's the value of it. That's, that's the that's, beauty of it. That's, yeah. So, <laughs> so, and what I realized a little while ago, and now it's just becoming clearer, is that is that you know, let's use the example. Just, I really want to make always want to make it clear that I totally use this in, in a lot more context than a landscape. Mm-hmm. But it's sort of sure. simple, and people yeah. get it. So we'll, yeah. we'll stick yeah. with that. So, yeah. so the moment the job comes into existence. You know, the moment I get the call, you know, the moment I hit, let's say the moment I get the email, you know, I, I'm learning something about the people. You know? Absolutely. They can't, they can't spell very well or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, get, whatever yeah, it is. Right. Or, 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 you yeah. know, they're quite verbose, you know, whatever. And then, then we get on the phone and I'm learning something about them. And let's, let's say at some point I learned that. And a lot, of that learning is, a lot of that learning is unconscious. Yeah, very much so. The, the yeah. vast majority of it is unconscious learning. Totally. And, and of course that increases 
as you move from email to phone call to Bing with them. Yeah, and, yeah. And the, but as soon as they mentioned 10 acres, something has just happened, you know, and what's happened is that something that initially is very vague, which is, you know, it's a whole, yeah. it's a whole thing, yeah. has yeah. suddenly taken on, you know, suddenly the, suddenly it's not, initially it could be, well, it could be half an acre, it could be a thousand acres. Yeah. Yeah, it's 10 yeah. acres. Suddenly, a part of that hole got a little bit less vague. And then, of course, yes. you, know, you get to talk to them and, oh, okay, you're interested in this. And, and, then, and then you move, whatever it is, and then you move into mapping the landscape. And, oh, okay, you know, it's half alluvial river flats and half less fertile. Whatever yeah. it is, every, right. every moment, yeah, yeah. It's just, what's happening is, is some, something is starting to reveal itself from the very beginning. And one metaphor I've started to use for, because people often say to me, oh, hang on, the client gives you a wish list. A wish list is a list of elements and your job is to assemble elements. And I say, no, I don't understand that way at, at all anymore. I use the metaphor of an advent calendar, you know, with those little doors on it. You open. <laughs> and so someone says, we want chickens or I'm yeah, really yeah, passionate yeah, about yeah, truffles yeah, or whatever yeah. it is. We want this to be a place where our kids can, our grand, can bring their grandkids. They're, they're opening a little door and they're not, they're not saying this is definitely an element that I want you to assemble. They're saying, they're saying I'm revealing a bit of myself to you. And often that's just a clue to go deeper, you know, and often yeah. what you find, if, you know, as you know, often what you find yeah. is what they're really trying to express might even be something. What they've said might yeah. contradict it, you know, whatever yeah. it is. So you're yeah. going on this yeah. journey of inquiry and, yeah. and slowly this process is happening. And Christopher Alexander, one of his patterns, and in some way it's the pattern that captures the process framing behind all of the patterns in his whole project he calls it gradual stiffening and the idea is that first you start with this amorphous kind of loose ill-defined yes. structure yeah. and over time it yeah. slowly gets a bit stiff a bit, bit stiff. and it's in some yes. point you can say okay well we've, we've got a building now what i realized is people say okay we're finished design now we can start a meeting i'm thinking it's not like that for me anymore because what happens is you know slowly something yes. emerges and let's say it's the position of where the the driveway is going to go through the whole process a sensible location might emerge and you know and yes. this one might get shot down and then we go and drive it we go and walk it at some point we yes. mark it out right you know, and, yep. and then maybe, yep. maybe they drive it for a month and, and then and then at some point yeah at some point a grader might be there cutting the actual driveway but it's not like oh the implement it's, it's just this continuous process of gradual stiffening and the the image that i've come to uh, in terms of exploring alternative framings to a flow chart is if you imagine a, a rectangle with a diagonal line through it so you've basically got you know two triangles and one of them's fat at the start and then it shrinks as you move along uh, from left to right and the other one's yeah, a point it it's a point yeah. and it gets fatter yeah I'm just, I'm just that's as far as i've got and i'm calling one of those one of them is immerse and one of them is emerge but yeah well you could say one of them is uh -huh. yeah ob observe and one is design let's say that yes it's very important to acknowledge that you're you're more focused on soaking it up at the beginning and then later on there's points where you're more focusing on doing something but it's just yeah, this continuous unfolding. So that's kind of that, where that, I'm at. That, that, that's definitely a frame. And I've also had the experience where I walk onto a site, yep. an image flashes before my eyes. Mm -hmm. I, I take note of that image. Yep. And then as I go through the process, it becomes clear that image was the design. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Right. But that happens very rarely for me. Mm -hmm. You know, but I always go check. I just, I just had a flashback of Bill Mollison on my first permaculture design course, 2005. He was saying, you know, yeah, I drive in the driveway and by the time I've got to the house, I know what the design is. You know, he'd, well, he'd, get, that, he'd, that, he'd, he'd walk inside, get a cup of tea and he'd draw them up the design that he'd, that he'd, he'd been struck with as he drove up the driveway. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I suspect he's saying something a little bit different to what you just said, even though, <laughs> even though it sounds the same. Well, you know, who knows? Like I said, I I go through the I still go through a process to check my gut. You know, yes, yep. In terms of what are valid ways of knowing for me, mm -hmm. I want to use all of them. Mm, yeah, I want to use as many as I can. I want to I want to do you know I want to make room and create the conditions for inspiration and and the muse to to drop a bombshell on me. Mm. But I'm not counting on that happening, and I'm doing a rational process too. I do use a linear process, but I am very aware that that is not the only thing going on. Mm -hmm. You know, I've got two sides of my brain left and right, but I've also got three levels on both those sides. Tell me four. about the, the brain stem, the reptilian brain, the emotional brain, and the, and the neocortex. So that's four, mm -hmm. right? And those are all connected to a body. And this body is connected to other bodies and interacting with them. Mm -hmm. And all of that comes into play. And so even though I frame the design process with my clients 
as a flow chart or as a linear flow of from one to the next to the next and then I'm done, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I am very well aware that that is not how it works. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful, yeah, yeah. You know, it's a both and all, all plus mm -hmm. situation. And if I think of design process as an ecosystem, and the, there's fuzzy boundaries between all the different elements, if you want to even call them elements, or all the different phases. Going through the design process in a linear flowchart way mm -hmm. and getting to know it well in that way was an incredibly important part of me being able to play jazz and improvise and bounce around and feel confident and competent doing that. Yeah, you're and, right. And, and yeah, getting, getting a sense of when in my body I know that I've got my finger on the pulse and attuning to that. And, you know, depending on my sleep status and my food status and my, and my whatever, you know, travel stress or whatever it is, mm. I'm better able to have my own finger on my own pulse, you know, or not. Right. And so every time I do it, it's different. All the conditions are different just internally as well, but there's muscle memory and there's, there's mental muscle memory that goes into all this too but i said last time that alexander's book notes on the synthesis of form was a really fundamental piece of me getting to where i've gotten mm -hmm. because understanding that design patterns lie inherent in the goals yes. was fundamentally important but design pattern lies inherent in the site analysis too and assessment mm -hmm. and site analysis and assessment lies inherent in the goals and in the design and in the implementation you know all these things are of a piece you can't mm -hmm. separate any of them from each other mm -hmm. none of them are separate mm -hmm. right and so you know the fun of it for me is you know when i get thrown into a situation where it's like oh i'm being asked to enter the design process from a unique angle you know yeah. There's already design that I get to bang my bang my elbows against and knock the walls out if I need to or whatever or if I yep, if I yep. if I can, you yep. know or whatever. And it's uh, it's more fun that way to 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 understand that ecosystem and how the parts interrelate usually, mm -hmm. and then to explore how they relate to each other in a given context. That's always what I'm doing because mm -hmm. in some projects the site is much more in control of the design than the clients are and other places the client is or the, and if, and if, if those are both weak, then the design can be the governing element or the, or the implementation needs for implementation are going to govern. It's variable and it changes over time. It's mm. an ecosystem. Oh, totally. Oh, that's not, that's bringing up so much. Wow. Does it, I just want to mention, you know, because I, I talked about at the very beginning that, that exploration I'd done of the idea, the, the issues at the same time, it's like, sure, so sometimes that's what's going on. We are joining things together, but it's, it's not, it's far from sure. the whole story. And, and then I was realizing, hang on a second. Yeah, that can often be the, the set that we bring, the frame we bring to design process. Okay, what are the elements? You know, how do we join them together to form a whole design process? And what you're saying reminds me of, I was reading a bit of this, the physicist, David Bohm, and, and uh, uh, the book of a student of his, Henry Bortoft, called The Wholeness of Nature. And he, and he was talking about moving from one metaphor to another, from the metaphor of a, a, a camera, where you, you, know, you, take, you, take a, you take a picture of something, and, and, and you, you, if you cut the picture up into 20 pieces, you've got 20 different separate bits of the situation. If you join them back together, you've got the... The, yeah, the, you know, whole, the, right, the whole right. again as opposed to a hologram and, right. and what you were saying was totally resonating with this idea of a hologram where if you take a holographic image and then right. you, you break that into 20 pieces you take any one of the 20 pieces and, and project the information that's inside that 20th you see a you see the whole picture but it's, it's fuzzy it's a, a 20th is fuzzy and as you add more pieces rather than seeing things that weren't there the whole thing comes into high resolution and what you were saying you know that that inside goals articulation design patterns are inside inside yes. that and you know once you once you're involved it is it's I, f I do feel like it's closer to a holographic reality and that and that yeah. there's glimmers there's glimmers of all the other parts yes. within each part and then exactly. and then it's kind of and and you're saying you, wherever you enter that the ripples and glimmers are uh, you're getting yes. new and that starts to be a fun thing then like, oh shit they've already got a design i was supposed to start with you know it's like okay we're in, this is where we're entering the hole and what's going on here and it's yeah, like I love that thing about the relative strength of different aspects. So, you know, uh -huh, you're saying uh -huh. if, 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 if the client 
the client has very vague goals. Yeah, or, or they're just a bit weak and wishy-washy. Maybe they're, they're like, oh, go, you know. I, I, I have to go looking. I have to go fishing for goals. That's right. And they might be like, oh, no, it's not about us. Just do whatever the land wants and we'll be happy. You know, you're like, no, that you you need to step right, up then, a little bit I'll here. I'll bring my gun next time and shoot you. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and sometimes that is what the land probably wants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or, or you know, all the I'm other joking. way around, or, or the, or the, just, or the, so the just, so, just so the authority knows, I was joking, and I said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if any possible clients, were clients, yeah. yes, yeah, Dave's so not going to bring a gun. Do, yeah, just just relax. Bring, I, don't, it's fine. I don't own any guns, actually. It's, so. it's totally fine. Um, <laughs> and, and you know, and sometimes it's the other way around, and the the client right. can, is strong, and the landscape's not getting a look in. Sometimes so the part of what you're doing strong. is, yeah. So part of what you're saying is, look, we need all of these different things need to have a voice and, and, and what, right. what's, what's weak now, what's new. And they'll just right. the so other that, idea. That, that, that raised the question of what is our role in that system? Yeah. Totally. What is our role in that system? Yeah. You know, and it's very obvious that in all those cases, our role is to impose our own bias on, on everybody else. I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right. Yeah. I was, I was, quite, I was, I was just sort of thinking, okay, okay. <laughs> I know what, you know, I know I drive in. I know exactly what these people, how these people should live their lives, <laughs> how they should organize their, their retirement on this site. Yeah. You know, I don't need to ask them any questions. Well, you're the expert. You're the expert. I have, the, I have the design before I get to the house. Yeah. I mean, you've written a book about design process. You're the expert. That's right, man. I, I know it all. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, I feel like I've got a you know I've got a bit to to mull over here far out. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I mean, so so let me let me let me riff a little bit more about design process as ecosystem. Beautiful, do it. I want to I want to go back to that because because I think I said when I said that earlier that inherent in the design process as an ecosystem are the principles, patterns, the properties. And the processes yes. of ecosystems. That'd be good to and, go through that. Yeah. So when I talk about ecological culture design, I'm talking about how the core issue we really face is the belief that we are separate from nature and that whatever else is separate from whatever else. That the, the idea that separation exists is itself the problem that causes all these problems that we're that we're facing mm -hmm. and so we need to reintegrate re, re conceptually and practically reconnect and live as as interconnected entities in ecosystems and the key strategy in that is mimicry we're mimicking ecosystems in the way we design our buildings our forest gardens our agriculture our our water systems, mm -hmm. whatever it is, the whole culture as a whole, we're trying to mimic nature. Well, what does that, what does that mean at a deep fundamental level? What I have figured out, what has come revealed itself to me mm -hmm. is that we are mimicking the properties of ecosystems, the principles of ecosystems, and the patterns and processes of ecosystems. Now, the properties are the things like stability, resilience, self-maintenance, self-renewal, self-fertilization, you know, blah, blah, blah. Okay. These are all emergent properties. These are characteristics or properties of the system that emerge only from the dynamics between the elements that compose the system. Mm -hmm. okay. No individual element in a system can cause those properties to arise. Only the dynamics between the elements, the relationship between the elements can cause those to arise. Mm -hmm. The principles are the strategies that systems quote unquote use, if we're gonna uh, anthropomorphize a little bit here, mm -hmm. to cause those properties to emerge. Okay. So this is where what I, the, you know, the distinctions that I've seen that, that, and, and, and it's helped me to, to discern which principles I value more are the ones that help me understand how to cause certain properties to emerge. So what, what would be, could you give us an example of a principle? Yes. Thank you. I could. Well, first of all, let me just say that a principle, principle is a human construct also, yeah. you know, in a way. We are observing our surroundings and we 
try to understand how those systems are operating. And then we, we articulate that as in words, as a principle, and that allows us to then test that principle and share it and see it, how well it works in different contexts and verify it and improve it as a principle, as a statement of principle. Uh-huh. Yep. Right. So this is a process that I encourage everyone to do is to refine and define your own principles and take other people's principles, including the ones that I discuss, with a grain of salt and test them, verify. Yeah, I'm into that. So the principle that Malzin called the principle of functional interconnection, or at least I called it that in my book. I think he calls it that at one point. Uh, maybe, maybe relative location? Is that what he called it? Is that no, the same one? no, no relative location. They're, they're related. Okay. Functional interconnection says that what you want to do in design is have the needs of one element met by the inherent yields of another element. Mm -hmm. That's what, that's the basically defining what functional interconnection is. Yep. All right. Relative location says that you want to locate things so that functional interconnection can happen. I'm with you. Yep. Okay. So if you apply the principle of functional interconnection between a set of plants and animals, mm -hmm. you create a, a, a network system where there's less stress, less work, less waste, and less pollution so and, gra and greater harmony. Those are the properties that arise when the principle of functional interconnection is, is applied to the patterns and processes of an ecosystem. Patterns being the physical architecture, the, the, uh, the social architecture, the processes being some of the simple processes being, <laughs> relatively simple processes being movement of nutrients, movement of water, you know, successional processes, those kinds of things. Uh, so, okay. yeah, so, you're like so, so you're, apply you're applying that principle to those, those patterns and processes in order for the properties to arise. I'm, I'm with you. So would it be true to say that, so, you know, a process is movement of nutrients. And if you yes. apply, if you apply the principle of help, you know, helping the system organize it in a certain way, that process, some loops can, can start can, happening. So it embodies the, it, it, the emergent, the, the properties of, that we desire will emerge of renewing fertility. Yeah. Okay. Right. So what, what I, so one of the things as I've been going around teaching forest gardens, this clarity has emerged that what principles are about is there's a connection between the principles that we apply and the properties we want to emerge in the system. Mm -hmm. And that we need to start getting clear on which principles have which effects in systems. Right. Okay. When we start looking at, the design process as an ecosystem. Oh, hang on, stop for a second. I'm start, my head's starting to hurt. <laughs> Keep going. Take a deep breath. <laughs> we can see that a design process where the needs of, of the site analysis phase are not met by the goals articulation phase. You don't have functional interconnection between the goals and the site analysis. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be a healthy ecosystem. Okay, and yeah, and you're not going to get the desired properties. Exactly. Wow. So yeah. if you then take the relative location piece, in order for site analysis, you can analyze and assess any site ad infinitum. Mm -hmm. You could go out there and get an estimate of how many blades of grass there are per square foot or square meter uh, in a lawn. Mm -hmm. Do you need to know that? In most cases, no. But if you're trying to get an idea of the density of your pasture, yeah. If you're trying to get an idea of uh, do you need more grass seed in your, uh, your golf course, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So the information you need depends on what you're designing. So the goal's articulation has to be in the right relative location to make the site analysis and assessment work to its optimum, mm. to be its most efficient, and to have the, the least stress. This is great because this speaks to what you were saying before about maybe starting with step by step, but then you start to jam. And part of what you're getting at was like sometimes what we need to do now is go straight to you know side analysis, and we'll come. You know, we're actually gonna we're gonna mix things up based on on applying these principles to the pro the process of design itself. I mean, this is right. this is this is taking things to a whole other level, right? Wow, it opens up all kinds of new frontiers if you understand how the parts of that design process ecosystem are connected to each other or how they mm -hmm. connect to each other mm -hmm. then you can play jazz and you can follow mm -hmm. the links and understand what questions to ask of whom yep. at what moment yeah that gets exciting doesn't it because when you know what the real the game is which is not just to 
step one, step two, step three, done. Right. Um, it's, it's, it's like you, you have a feel for what you want to emerge, these properties and these, you know, these, these outcomes along the way. It's like, yeah. okay, where, where's the right intervention point? And that's something you mentioned last time was that once you get into this, um, I was going to say mentality, but this body, body mentality, that, yeah, you're, you're, you're learning to listen and find those. I've heard it in another context called nodal intervention points, but, you know, finding those places. And you were talking about how transformation can happen quite rapidly, yes. more rapidly than you'd think if, if you're starting to enter yes. that terrain. Right. Yeah. I'm wary of the word intervention, mm-hmm. just so you know, uh-huh. because the framing of intervention assumes that the intervener is outside the system. And that is never the case. That's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those yeah, are right. interaction points. Yeah. Yeah. And that's um, so important that the design is you're in the, you're in the mix, you know, you're inside absolutely, the system. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's part of that model of the flow chart mm-hmm. is the designers outside of that system. That's right. Yeah. Yep. The designers sort of picking up the clients and dropping them into this box and so on. Yeah. Exactly, dropping them, in, <laughs> dropping the the clients on the site into the beginning of the flow chart, and then yeah, yeah. It, and the sausage squish- comes out the other end. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Just crank, <laughs> cranking the handle, squishing them through. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, right. but because we're dealing with people, and we're dealing with culture, that self-reflective part is really cr- critical, and having as much interconnection inside myself is critical because there's so much information coming at us at every moment as we're doing this work. And our conscious brain, our neocortex can only process a very small amount of that information. And we have to get better at having more of ourselves show up and listening to the red flags and the little tingles and whatever else are trying to talk to us in our own body to say, hey, pay attention to that. Hey, pay attention to that. You know, and and there's this whole epistemological shift, but it's a mental, emotional, physical shift that we have to give ourselves the time and attention to go through ourselves, so that we can then induce that in our clients and our landscapes and our students. That's beautiful. Yeah, and it re- re- resonates so much. And I like just even the last week or so this year for some reason I'm just really upping the ante on this kind of stuff and, and part of it is deep deep honesty and if a client someone I'm working with starts to say something and I know yeah they could keep going along that track but, but so, you know sometimes it's as kind of a diversion or a distraction from what mm-hmm. you know what's really mm-hmm. coming up here so you know actually politely cutting them off and, and saying hang on tell me more about this and then you do that a few times and then suddenly tears yeah. are flying shit is yeah. getting real you know absolutely I mean, as I think I said at one point, I had clients where as I was doing goals articulation, helping them get clear on what they wanted, they realized it wasn't each other anymore. Yeah, that's right. You yeah. know, and they ended up getting divorced. Mm-hmm. That was probably a design success. I was going to say, yeah, so was that a successful design outcome? I mean, I lost, I lost the job because yeah, yeah. Cause I got divorced. Yeah, I, I, I lost a job last week. I had some clients. We, we have a, you know, I like to have an initial chat. So it was actually quite yeah. a long one. There was three, yeah. three or four clients were there and we're under this beautiful oak tree. One of the things I honed on in terms of this new inviting myself to speak the truth was, so this person's not here. The seat is empty. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he was busy. He's not here. You three are here. He's not here. You know, that's really important information. And the fact that he's not here means he's missed this conversation, which means he's, if, it indicates to me the fact his absence indicates that perhaps he wasn't quite as motivated as you because it's not like he's getting surgery or anything. He could have been here. He's not here. And he's just missed this conversation. So if he was already a bit less interested, then, you know, he's going to feel more excluded. Now, that's, I'm not saying it's a problem, but it's, if it's a reality, we, we need to talk about how we want that to play out and anyway yeah. we had this conversation and initially it was like we want you to one one family had one acre one had six and they were next to each other so they want one of my help to design it as a whole and that was that was the story you know this is what we want to do we want to talk about you helping us lay this place out but through the conversation we didn't necessarily go there directly but the next day one of the people involved email and she said you know what sitting with all of that we've realized you know for this reason this reason this reason this reason there's there's all these red flags and, and thanks for, for going so slowly and taking that time because we've realized this is probably the wrong, a really bad decision that we just need to rent in the area, see if we even like the area, et cetera, et cetera. And so I lost the job, but it was, but you succeeded. Uh, yeah, it was an, an enormous success for me. And, right. Uh, exactly. 
saved a lot of potential waste of time and money and all that. And you should charge them two or three thousand dollars for <laughs> a ton of money. That's right. <laughs> a lot of heartache. <laughs> yeah, well in this case, you know, it was like the idea is that if it's meant to be then from then on I can start charging the money. So <laughs> I don't know why I feel so satisfied when I didn't make a cent. Maybe, yeah. it's, not, maybe it's not about that. But yeah, I totally get what you're saying. And, and I really yeah. love that way of framing it. Yeah, it, it, it reminds me that one thing I was, I've been doing with David Holmgren a bit is, and he had the idea initially was, uh, was, was exploring, he's got a list of principles that are widely, yeah. which I, I sometimes have a problem, as I've said to him, with the fact that people treat them like they're the holy grail and whatnot when i see that as, a, <laughs> as very much a work in progress as any list of principles yeah. is yeah but the yeah. idea of for the first time on this course we're doing together on, on design process he said hey what about instead of applying the, these principles to you know catch and store energy here's a picture of a woodshed or a water tank or whatever what would it mean for a process to catch and store energy and you know very early provisional explorations but in that same direction, which which you've obviously been exploring for for a lot longer, so I'm excited that these conversations are starting to happen around the place. What yeah. would it mean for our process to embody the principles we're, you know, supposedly committed to? What would that mean? Just to even ask that question and sit with that. I mean, that's that's really exciting in terms of what opens up. And of course, for me, that eventually is is related to the question of well, what you know, what how are we going about even understanding process? What is going on really? And which which yeah is a never ending journey. And, and hopefully I'd, li I'd like the center of gravity of permaculture to cross the threshold where there's no turning back. <laughs> yeah. So I'm so, thank you so much for sharing that. That was, that was beautiful. And I, I mean, I know that listeners are going to be, I'm sure a lot of you listeners are going to be, um, you know, feeling similar to me like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But I, I can't mean, wait for, till bring it on, for but. me, for me, understanding this piece about the, what I call the four P's of mimicry properties, principles, patterns, and processes has really, opened up a whole new landscape for to explore in yeah. terms of how you know what's the deep essential underpinnings or fundamental underpinnings of the work we're doing as trying as mimicking ecosystems and how do we you know, it, it, you know basically the properties are the design goals mm -hmm. and if we understand that that the properties that we want are systems even if you know a client saying i want it to be lush i want it to be beautiful you know that we understand those are emergent properties of a system then, then what's the underlying strategy for getting that that property to emerge from the system rather than us forcing it but with mm. like pumping fertilizer in to get lushness or you know whatever mm. that, that not you know that's a direct intervention to force the system to do that but how we can get the system to create that that property by the nature of the structure of that ecosystem yeah and, and in a way that grows up out of that structure so that it's it, it never doesn't right. fit it never doesn't fit and, because it grows out of it right exactly yeah. and that's the kind of design process you're after that's it that the structure of the design process you know the medium is the message if the design process is actually exhibiting the properties that that you want to embody in what your what the end result of the design is mm -hmm. then the, the design outcome should more often than not embody those those same properties oh it's it's so great well what came up for me just then was of just entering this beautiful kind of space of realizing that my job as a as a process facilitator or whatever is to is to help this new way of being in process to germinate and grow and, and initially it's very vulnerable and fragile mm -hmm. and, but by the time that we start to see less of each other it's it's a lot vaguer these days you know it's not like okay design's finished see you later it's kind of like yeah. oh, okay we, we see each other once a week and now once a month and now once a once every six you know so on yeah it's 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 a gradual drop-off but but my objective is for that process to to succeed you know my mm -hmm. presence in the in in the, in, the, in the system which is about doing what you're saying which is suddenly it's almost you know it's a, it's a really beautiful privileged thing to be involved in and so well, so yeah. yeah and so as i think i said last time also the design design process and the designer are one you can, they're un inseparable you can't have the kind of design process that i was just talking about without having a certain kind of person being the designer and that unless the design process and the designer have those properties the design outcome will not have those properties. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's only, and I'm just, I'm just, I'm thinking of people coming out of courses with you because obviously it's becoming clearer to me now that what you're trying to do is not impose this understanding on them, but to bring it out of the, you know, it's already in them, them to bring the, that out. To give the experience that yeah. draws it out so, of them. So, yeah. 
so they can then go and participate in experiences where they in turn help, you know, and, and, and what we're talking and about really is, like, yeah, is a yeah. kind of a positive f- feedback loop, you know, of, of, of basically. About, I'm talking about a culture is what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, you're talking about seeding a. a I'm actually, I, I'm talking about creating experiences, designing experiences and co-creating with my participants experiences because it's the course is itself an ecosystem. Mm-hmm. social ecosystem that I help create, but I have a lot of, a lot of influence on the mm-hmm. shape and tenor and tone and experience mm-hmm. of that ecosystem. Yep. And I use that as much as I can to create what I'm trying to create, but I'm not in control mm-hmm. by yep. any means. Right. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to foster the experience of that emotional, mental, social, cultural, and landscape space. Oh, listen to this. It makes me want to create and run some kind of course with you so bad. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, let's. Oh, wow. <laughs> one, one thing I did want to say is that I really thank you because I, I, I had noted in the past that you said to me you know, that from your perspective, I mean, on one podcast, I remember you talking about how many times you'd edited different ver- parts of the, the, the volume, the two volumes of the different chapters. And I remember yeah. you'd spent less oh, time by the sounds of it on the design process chapter, which is the, the chapters, which is the ones that I've, by far most engaged with and that one of the things you you felt happiest about the volume one chapters that that introduced distinctions like that between properties Mm. principles patterns process actually actually that that model of the four p's of mimicry is something that's emerged the last few years it's not even in my book really oh okay it's implicit in my book but it's not in my book i haven't haven't written about it i've only been talking about it oh great it kind of it kind of feels like for now at least for me uh-huh. It needs to be a, 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 an oral tradition yeah. rather than a written one. Totally feel that. Yeah, I, I, I get, I'm often really reluctant. People so, so tell me what it is, define it, write it down. I'm like, I'm not yeah, ready. It's right, not ready. Exactly. That would kill it. That would kill it prematurely. Yeah, it you don't want to, you don't want to bottle, you don't want to bottle something before it's, it, it's right. yeah. properly good and fizzy. But one thing I wanted to say <laughs> is, yeah, thanks so much for sharing that with me. And I'm going to, I'm going to sit with that, you know, and, and play around with the language and maybe even try and put it in my own words, you know, cause for, for me, there was some like uh, questions for me, like, okay, I really want to hone in on the distinction between a pattern and a, and a process. Cause for me, patterns are tricky one. It's slippery because it applies at every level. And also there's fuzzy boundaries between those. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, there's, there's definitely something going on there. And the other one is, is, is I'm exploring different ways of, the, the language of connection and reconnection and connection, you know, around the element assembly type stuff. Mm. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to have a go at that. So yeah, well, who knows? Maybe that's something I'll do. I'll, I'll, I mean, I've recorded this. I can listen to it again, obviously have a go. Right. Well, maybe writing it and just sharing it with you and no one else or something. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to thank you for that. That's that. You I better, you better cut that this. last part out of this podcast. If you don't want other people want you to begging you to write oh, it. Yeah, down. yeah. Yeah. That's right. Come on, Dan. We know you said it. You've written it. Share it with us. <laughs> Bastard. The, the other thing I want to say, uh-huh. you've, you brought up this whole thing about assembly versus versus emergence, and I want to also affirm that design as assembly is a fine stage of succession to participate in mm-hmm. on your way to learning other ways, and it's mm-hmm. also a fine a fine way to approach design under duress, you know, or it, when, when you, when you're at a loss for how else to proceed, it's a, it's another tool in the toolbox. Yes. Yep. And obviously you don't want to use a screwdriver as a hammer if you don't have to, but sometimes you have to, you know, mm. you know I really hear that. That's actually something I wanted to pick up on that you mentioned earlier too, is, is that, and I'd love to explore this. I hope you can, we can have more chats. I'd love to explore this yeah, idea we because to, we need to end soon here, but yeah, yeah. Likewise, I've got someone arriving in four minutes a client for a chat under the oak tree. So we'll see where that goes after this conversation. You know, it could go to some interesting places and I'll say it's Dave Jackie's fault. Dave Jackie. Yeah. Yep. I wanted to me. say, yeah, uh, what you just said there and something you said earlier on in terms of the utility of flowcharts and even simple ideas like observe first design, putting that in an evolutionary or in a successional context. Yeah. I want to really sit with that because that's a question I ask myself a lot is, that's how that's how I've come to these places. You know, I've been through the observe first. I've been through mm-hmm. the oh, I'm a yeah. designer. I've been through the flow charts. Yeah. And like, is is that inevitable? Or or I'm asking, or is there shortcuts? Or you know, could could there be an educational experience that that benefits participants by Absolutely. chopping something? You but, know, what, where's the line? Yeah, so yeah, but yeah. you're also but beware of talking about them as evolutionary successional of thinking that's a linear process. 
totally. Yeah, that's right. And that's like, why I used the toolbox analogy the last time I said it, right? Because yeah, it's just yeah. another tool in the toolbox you pick up when you need it. Yeah, that's right. Oh God, geez, it starts to it really does start to you it know starts think, turning back and falling. Yeah, it gets very um, what's it called recursive. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> it really. You, at some point, you're like, hang on a sec. I'm applying the process to the process of applying the process to the. Pro- oh God. I well, and 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 we get these linear models that were you know again it's like it's deep in our mental physical architecture of our brains to put things in a linear model. That's right. Yeah. And. That's useful and it's limiting. Oh dear, yeah, true. It's all it's all true. There's truth in pretty much everything, but it's partial, true but partial. And and, right. how, and how does yeah? How, where does it sit in a succession of in a context? And and what's appropriate now? And like you say, yeah. sometimes flowchart. That's yeah. been useful for me to realize because I, I can tend to go and say make that mistake of saying, "Look, we made a mistake, people. This is all rubbish. This is the." That's why yeah. I said no, yes, no, yes. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so no, I, re- I really do want to thank you and, and really. I really appreciate your influence on me as a, as a respected elder and senior colleague. And I think I want to thank you on behalf of people that are going to be receiving stuff from me because, you know, I'm, I'm spraying a lot of stuff out into the world in different ways <laughs> because their experience is going to be better because of the yeah. tempering. And I think that, yeah, the, the, the wisdom that you've brought to the conversation. So thank you, Dave. And yeah, you're you're right, we probably should wrap the, man, let's wrap this up. Also, let's let's have the official. So, thank you very much, Dave. It's been a pleasure. Look forward to talking to you again. Yeah, let's do it again, man. There's, there's always there's always more, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Are we? Yeah. In some ways, we're diving to some beautiful places. In other ways, we're still scratching the surface. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, have a great you. day. Yeah. You. You too. Then. Thanks. That was all right. And yeah, magic. Much was, love and many blessings, everyone. Wow. Another fantastic chat with Dave. Obviously, I got a lot out of it, and I hope you did too. If so or otherwise, do consider leaving a comment at makingpermaculturestronger.net. You can reach Dave and learn more about his work at edibleforestgardens.com. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll look forward to catching up with you again soon.